welcome to Sacred Stories, a podcast put on by the Office of Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats in Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. I'm Sammy. And I'm Julia. Join us every other week as a member of the UD community shares how their story intersects with a reading from a sacred text and encourages us to explore that same intersection in our own lives. My name is Jess Peake, and I'm the campus minister for Stewart Hall. I'm originally from the Chicago suburbs, and I first came to the Dayton area when I attended UD to get my master's in pastoral ministry. I fell in love with this campus and the city of Dayton, and though I moved back to the Chicago area for a bit, my heart has remained here. So when this opportunity for this job arose, I jumped at the chance to return. I am so excited to be sharing my sacred story with you and to share a piece of light that shines in my life. I'd like to share with you a passage from one of my favorite works by G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton was a British writer, philosopher, theologian, and convert to Catholicism. He lived from 1874 to 1936 and was the predecessor and influencer of later British writers such as J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Time Magazine called him the Prince of Paradox which is something I feel great kinship with as somebody who feels quite paradoxical myself. His writing is often very whimsical and unexpected, as he found these creative ways of communicating nuanced perspectives about faith and life. I love his wit and his insight. As I mentioned, I will be reading from one of my favorite works of his, called Orthodoxy. It's a book of Christian apologetics, but it is certainly not dry. Some of the chapter titles are The Maniac, The Ethics of Elfland, and The Eternal Revolution. The passage I'm going to read comes from the chapter entitled The Ethics of Elfland. It reads, All the towering materialism which dominates the modern mind rests ultimately upon one assumption, a false assumption. It is supposed that if a thing goes on repeating itself, it is probably dead a piece of clockwork. People feel that if the universe was personal, it would vary. If the sun were alive, it would dance. This is a fallacy even in relation to known fact. For the variation in human affairs is generally brought into them not by life, but by death, by the dying down or breaking off of their strength or desire. A man varies his movements because of some slight element of failure or fatigue. He gets into an omnibus because he is tired of walking, or he walks because he is tired of sitting. But if his life and joy were so gigantic that he never tired of going to Islington, he might go to Islington as regularly as the Thames goes to Sheerness. The very speed and ecstasy of his life would have the stillness of death. The sun rises every morning. I do not rise every morning. But the variation is due not to my activity, but to my inaction. Now, to put the matter in a popular phrase, it might be true that the sun rises regularly because he never gets tired of rising. His routine might be due not to lifelessness, but to a rush of life. The thing I mean can be seen, for instance, in children when they find some game or joke that they especially enjoy. A child kicks his legs rhythmically through excess, not absence, of life. 
because children have a bounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free. Therefore, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony, but perhaps God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. The repetition in nature may not be a mere reoccurrence. It may be a theatrical encore. Heaven may encore the bird who laid an egg. If the human being conceives and brings forth a human child instead of bringing forth a fish or a bat or a griffin, the reason may not be that we are fixed in an animal fate without life or purpose. It may be that our little tragedy has touched the gods, that they admire it from their starry galleries, and at the end of every human drama, Man is called again and again before the curtain. Repetition may go on for millions of years. By mere choice, at any instant, it may stop. Man may stand on the earth generation after generation, and yet each birth be his positively last appearance. This passage brings me so much joy every time I read it. Because I'm someone who, paradoxically, loves and hates monotony. In one sense, I'm a knitter. I love the rhythmic process of knit, purl, knit, purl, of making a scarf, of letting all my fingers do all the thinking, of the repetition of the single, simple movement that creates a beautiful sweater. On the other hand, I get super restless in my life. One of the reasons I chose a career as a campus minister is that there is no typical day. I couldn't be the kind of person who sits at my desk all day working. I need to be challenged by a variety of encounters and environments and opportunities. I've moved dozens of times in the past decade of my life. And while I do have a desire to settle down at some point, I also have a lot of energy to do and experience new things. This was made all the more difficult in the past year and a half or so when the pandemic forced us all to remain home to limit our exposure to new people and places. At first during the pandemic, I was quite happy to get lost in my projects like knitting and reading. But when I had so much time for those activities, I realized that while I might binge projects, I quickly tire of doing the same thing over and over and have to find ways to switch it up. I love the idea that we're made in the image of God and are co-creators in God's image. I think of my knitting and my art projects as ways that I participate in the aspect of God as creator. But it's really easy for me to get wrapped up in the uniqueness and the dynamicness of the act of creation. But sometimes the way that I participate as a co-creator with God is to appreciate the monotony of my day in performing acts that simply are a part of the natural order of my day. 
to spend time cleaning each plate in my kitchen sink that somehow fills up day after day, or to put the time into folding my t-shirts the way that I actually prefer to have them organized. This is a relatively new phrase we use as young people, to talk about doing these things as adulting. But I think there's value in taking pride in the daily tasks of life and finding gratitude and satisfaction in doing the ordinary. Our amazing God also delights in the ordinary splendor of the daily movements of creation, from seeing the sun rise each morning to creating each petal on each of the millions of daisies and flowers and birds that there are in this world. Reflecting on how you see this act of monotony and the beauty in the repetition of creation, consider what things in your life do you consider monotonous? How do you feel doing these things day after day? How might Chesterton's perspective on God change the way you approach monotony? I'd like to close us with a prayer. Creator God, you number the stars and know each of them by name. You have even counted all the hairs on my head. In the vastness of your glory, you still show compassion and tenderness to the smallest particles of existence. As I seek to imitate you, help me to appreciate the small acts that I do, especially when they feel mundane. I seek to be present to the moment and to breathe in the fullness of each second knowing that you breathe your spirit into every aspect of my life. Thank you for the gift of the everyday, that I may meet you in each sunrise and each daisy and every person I encounter. Amen. Thank you for listening to Sacred Stories, produced by Campus Ministry at the University of Dayton. We would like to give a huge shout out to everyone that contributes to the production of this podcast. Our theme music is by Scott Paplow, Associate Director of Liturgy for Pastoral Music. Additional support for this podcast is provided by the Office of Christian Leadership, Vocation, and Retreats. Please consider subscribing to our podcast so that you can get notified when new episodes are released. Additionally, we invite you to rate and review us wherever you may be listening so that it's easier for others to find us. Our podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on our Campus Ministry website. We hope this and future episodes inspire you to explore sacred texts and experiences and witness how they intersect with your own faith life. If there are ways we can support and accompany you on your journey of faith, please reach out to us. You can learn more about Campus Ministry on our website, udayton.edu slash ministry, our Instagram at udcampusministry, and on our Facebook page. Also check out our Campus Ministry YouTube channel for more faith-related content. Lastly, to stay in the loop about our upcoming events for undergraduate students, check out our page on 1850. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's sacred story, and we hope you join us next episode to hear from another member of the UD community. Have a wonderful day.